Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. So I had a, a weird dream recently. I've talked about dreams maybe two or three times on the podcast. I know you don't want to hear every dream I have every week. Or maybe you do. Maybe we should just turn this into a dream interpretation podcast and everyone would get really excited about it. But it was at my office and the elevator door was opening. So I was clearly waiting to get on the elevator. I assume I had pressed the button and called the elevator to my floor. On the elevator, there were a lot of people and there was a gentleman on the elevator who was holding a slice of pizza in his mouth, the whole slice, and he was holding it in his teeth from the crust. So the triangle part was jutting outward. And somehow he had managed to get such a good grip on it that it was pointing straight out. Now, I stepped onto the elevator and he did not move backwards. So as the doors closed, the tip of the pizza touched my lips. Now, I don't know if I actually tasted the pizza in my dream, but as I woke up later, I felt like I had. I felt like I really had tasted some pizza I didn't want to taste. So in the dream, I then slapped the pizza out of his mouth. And this is where it becomes fuzzy because it somehow immediately became a court case. So I slapped the pizza out of his mouth. It went flying to the right. And I guess there must have been other people on the elevator. I can't remember. That's kind of a foggy part as well. But... We then were immediately transported to court and I was trying to decide after I woke up because that's pretty much where the dream ended. We got to court. Maybe there were some proceedings. I don't remember that part very well, but I woke up fairly soon afterwards. Would this be assault or would it be self-defense? Because I actively hit the pizza out of his mouth. I didn't hit him, but the pizza was in his teeth. So maybe the energy could have transferred through the pizza and hurt his teeth or injured him in some way that way. In which case, it might be called assault. Or, because the pizza touched my lips first, was I actually defending myself? If you want to cast your vote, you can send me a message at Velocipeter on Twitter or velocipodcast at gmail.com. And I want to know what the people think. Did Peter commit dream assault or did Peter commit dream self-defense? I bought some of my own t-shirts, some of my own merch to give to my friends because let's be really honest, not a lot of people are buying it, which is fine. I didn't actually think anyone would buy it. I set up the t-shirt store because there was a deal where if I set up a store, I got a free t-shirt with my own podcast on it. So basically I set this up. I got one free t-shirt. That was a great deal. And I was really happy about it. Then I realized, oh, I could actually give people merch from myself And since I get paid for each shirt I sell, it's kind of just like a discount rate for buying t-shirts. I was on board with all of this. So I bought some friends some t-shirts, but they were sent out and they never arrived. So I sent an email to the company, TeePublic, and they immediately said, thanks for letting us know, we'll reprint the t-shirts. That's a very good customer service. I have to give them a shout out for that. If you're going to do merch, I mean, the t-shirts still haven't arrived yet, 
But that's not the point. The point is, I said there was a problem and they decided to take care of the problem immediately and just make it as painless as possible. So they have printed replacement t-shirts and they have been sent out to me. Hopefully, UPS will not fuck it up again and lose my package. The problem is, there is a package of t-shirts now in the world. So it's got about four or five t-shirts in it. It's just a, I assume, a relatively normal-looking manila envelope. And I wonder to myself, what happened to those t-shirts? I mean, are they sitting on a shelf in a warehouse somewhere? Are they in the back of a UPS truck and they've just been stuck in a corner? Have they been lost to eternity? Has one of the workers stolen the bag, found out they were t-shirts, and is now wearing Podcast merch? Because that's a weird thing. Because I know exactly how many t-shirts I've sold, and it's exactly how many I've bought. So if I see someone wearing a Podcast t-shirt, the one I actually bought this time was actually the Chunk McBeef Chest Academy of Martial Arts shirt. It's a good one. You should check it out. It's actually way better than the actual podcast shirt I made. But if I go out in the world and now see someone wearing a Chunk McBeef Chest Academy of Martial Arts t-shirt, I know he didn't buy it. I know that came from my stolen package. So I'm just thinking about the existence of things in the world because they're still there. They still exist and they're still real. But there is kind of a quantum existence now where no one knows where they are So they don't really exist. And they're not going to exist until someone finds them. And when someone finds them, they're not actually supposed to send them to me anymore. I assume they're supposed to return them to the t-shirt company, TeePublic, that made them. But if they return them to TeePublic, what are they going to do with them? Are they going to wear Podcast merch around the office? Because if he did, that'd be fine. Again, I'm okay with people wearing my t-shirts and advertising the podcast, even though it doesn't advertise the podcast, because it's actually my gamer tag and has nothing to do with the podcast at all. But it is sold through the podcast merch shop. I just wonder where everything is sometimes. So in a class I teach, uh, we were actually talking about the negative impact of media violence on children, media violence on people in general. So the general consensus in the world, now it used to be TV and movies, that too much TV and movie violence was bad for people. It negatively influenced them. Uh, In this case, we were actually talking about manga, Uh, The negative influence, uh, the violence in manga could have a negative impact on kids and their development and mentality. Then finally, and of course most recently because of the advent of video games and how popular they've become, the violence in video games, because most of the game mechanics tend to be about violence, shooting people and whatnot, that this is also bad for kids. So we've actually seen over the course of history, violence, exposure to violence is bad for people. But each media that comes up as new is blamed for the effect of violence being mad on people, even though we've seen positive and negative effects from the past. Because we've actually seen people don't talk about movie violence negatively impacting people anymore. They've moved on to video games. So they're trying to blame something, even though we have something that they blamed before. There was just no proof. There's no causal link between the two things in any real way. This brought up an interesting point because... My students generally were saying, yes, too much violence in media, manga, TV, movies, and whatnot is bad. You shouldn't be exposed to that much violence. But then I pointed out, I actually pay to practice violence for real. I actually joined a judo club. I joined a martial arts club. I actually do violence on other people on a regular basis. I don't just watch it and absorb it. I actually do it and I try to get better at it. And yet people tend to think that's a good thing. 
In fact, they call it healthy. It's part of my healthy lifestyle because it's exercise. But the exercise very, very specifically is committing violent acts on other people. And it actually, now that I've gotten to a high level where I'm a black belt and whatnot, people find it admirable that I am so good at actual violence. So there's an interesting disconnect that I hadn't actually put together myself before. We talk and talk and talk about violence and exposure to violence in media in a fictional way, but there's never any real discussion about real violence being enacted on other people in actual people's lives. Because somehow we see the actual act of practicing violence on each other as a good thing, whereas sitting around and watching violence is a bad thing. So action movies have to try to be original sometimes. They have to try to do something different from other action movies. This is one of the problems with action movies is there's actually only so much action we can do action-wise. If we talk about chases, we have foot chases, car chases, motorcycle chases, airplane chases, boat chases, maybe helicopter chases, and then the worst one of all, the sea-doo chase. Now, I think sea-doos might be called different things in different areas, but it's, it's those single or dual rider things that go around. I assume the name came from ski-doo in the ocean. Now, at some point, this should have stopped. There has never been an exciting sea-doo chase scene in a movie. You might think, oh, there was a sea-doo chase in this movie, and that movie was good, but the sea-doo chase was the worst part of that movie. And I'm trying to imagine anyone who from this point forward going into the future actually stops and thinks that putting another sea-doo race, a sea-doo chase into their movie as a good idea. Because they have to stop at some point and think, this time it'll be cool. And they're wrong. It's not going to be cool. It's going to be weird and boring and no one wants to see it. No one wants to see a sea-doo chase another sea-doo, or a sea-doo chase a boat. And if you paint them all black, that doesn't make them look evil. And why is an evil organization buying multiple sea-doos anyways? It does not make any sense. The sea-doo in itself basically doesn't make sense. Why are we chasing people on them? That makes even less sense. Your criminal organization, or your massive evil corporation, or something, if it's starting to spend money on sea-doos, you have gone horribly awry. Your accounts department should come up and speak to you about where funds are going. Because a single helicopter for the price of the 50 sea dues you have patrolling your island for some reason would be a far, far more sensible investment. So realistically, the sea do is not a good choice. And even fiction-wise, it's not a good choice because they don't look good and they don't look exciting because a, if you turn a sea-do quickly, it doesn't skid, it just sprays some water and no one cares. And only douchebags ride those things anyways. If you're in any of the positions, writer, director, producer of a film, and one of your cohorts in the triumvirate comes to you and says, I think we need a sea-do scene in this movie. Slap them and fire them immediately because they clearly have just lost track of reality. This is one of those things where maybe in the world of Hollywood or media in general, you lose touch with reality and start to think that all your ideas are good. And when you've run out of ideas, you start to think things like, hey, I haven't seen a sea-doo chase in a while. That might be a good idea. It's not, and your movie's bad. 
There have been several incidences of people making cultural appropriation claims on the internet. Um, and it's one that I'm starting to have some questions about because we need a clear definition of what cultural appropriation is. There was the one that is most memorable. There's actually two in my mind. One is some little girls dressed up, I believe, in Japanese kimonos and stuff and had a tea party. And some people on the internet started saying that was cultural appropriation because it was a bunch of little white girls uh, in middle suburban America. And then the one I found more amusing because it actually ends up being less political correct was a girl wore a Chinese style dress to her prom or graduation or something. And a lot of people said that that was cultural appropriation because she wasn't Chinese. But then someone who lived in China took the picture around and said, like, is this okay? Is this cultural appropriation? Is this acceptable to people on the street in China? And again, the very non-PC answer, the, this one guy looked at it and goes, the problem isn't the girl wearing the dress. The problem is the girl is too fat to wear the dress. So you can see that cultural appropriation might be sort of a first world modern issue that isn't really an issue anywhere else. I think there's a lot of countries where if you wore their clothes, they'd be quite happy that you were actually wearing their clothes and taking an interest in their culture. But the first issue I think of when I think of cultural appropriation is that are you only allowed to enjoy things or do things that are representative of your culture? So I was born in Ireland. Can I only do Irish things? And I grew up in Canada, which is to be honest, not a particularly different culture. It's a very white culture. But then can I only do Canadian slash Irish things? So I have more options than the average Canadian because I was born in a different country. Or is it cultural appropriation for me to do Canadian things? Because I don't think it is because I grew up there. Because you would assume I'm Canadian before you would assume I'm Irish because I don't have an accent. I only lived there when I was a baby. Don't remember it. All that's gone as far as everyone's concerned. But I am incredibly white. From that view, it seems almost impossible because I couldn't enjoy very much music. I would only be able to listen to sea shanties, it seems would be the only culturally appropriate music for me to listen to, which isn't bad. I actually do enjoy a good shanty now and then. I don't sing them, but you know, they, they just break out on their own when I'm around boats. So I, I tend to join in and somehow I know all the words to every one of them. But then I've had my children, and my children are half me and half Japanese. So you could say Irish, Canadian, Japanese or something. Uh, again, I actually honestly think that might be irrelevant. Are they only allowed to enjoy Japanese things? Because they wear Western clothes. They don't wear traditional Japanese clothes all the time. Is that cultural appropriation? I don't think anyone believes it is. Then we get into the real question that kind of brought this to mind, because it's kind of always about wearing clothes, because it's a very visual thing, it's something that's easy to point out, it's something easy to tear apart on the internet. But I practice judo. Is wearing a judo suit cultural appropriation? Because I have to wear it to enjoy the sport, but if I could only enjoy sports from my own culture, which does seem to be along the same lines of the thinking here, so then the only sport I would be allowed to play is hurley. Now, Hurley's an interesting sport because it looks like field hockey. They have sticks and they have a ball, but you're basically allowed to club people in the head. And it's the only sport that I have learned of that has had two decapitations during the game. One, they played through. So they had a guy have his head cut off. I don't know if it was clean off, but he had his head cut off and then decided he would want us to finish the game. So they kept playing. So I have a certain amount of respect for that. Since we're talking about Hurley, 
Hitler was trying to decide what countries in Europe he was going to invade first. And he thought, he had the idea, maybe we can co-opt the Irish because they're not big fans of the British and they might actually be willing to help us out. So he went to Ireland on like a diplomatic mission and they said, let's take him to a Hurley game because that's culturally appropriate. And they showed him Hurley and he said, if this is how these people play a game, we do not want to fight them. And this is coming from Hitler. So you know that game is rough. You know it's hardcore. And you know you want nothing to do with it. So I'm at a bit of a loss. Because I think maybe the real problem here is the definition of cultural appropriation and what it actually means needs to be more clearly defined. Because right now it's shades of gray. Are people who are saying cultural appropriation is bad, do they believe you should only eat food from your own culture, dress from your own culture, and only enjoy things from your own culture? In that case, you've actually become xenophobic. Or are there allowances to other things? Like if the game you play has rules and that game comes from another country, is it okay in those cases to follow those rules? Like in my case, wearing the appropriate clothing? Because I think maybe the real problem here is cultural appropriation is manufactured anger on the internet the same way spoiler culture is, which as we all know is absolute garbage. That's for you, Juan. The loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. Culture report. On the 96th day we sailed again How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now When a bloody great Yankee <laughs> hove in sight With our cracked four-pounders we made to fight God damn them all I was told we'd cruise the seas For American gold We'd fire no guns, shed no tears Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier The last of our is privateers